Hello and welcome to Just Plain Sense, the equality and diversity podcast. I'm Christine Burns. I've covered a lot about crime in various forms over nearly three years of these podcasts. A lot has been said about hatred directed towards lesbian, gay, bisexual and trans people, for instance. We've also covered domestic violence, which is mostly directed towards women. None of these subjects are pleasant, yet the hatred which seems the hardest to understand is that which is directed towards disabled people and those with learning disabilities or mental health problems. The case of Fiona Pilkington is a particularly vivid example which drew attention to the issues for many people. Fiona was a single mother with a severely disabled child who endured shocking levels of harassment from local youths for over seven years. Her pleas for help from the authorities weren't addressed and, sadly, the world only came to examine this when she decided she could take no more. Fiona drove herself and her daughter, Frankie, to a local lay-by in October 2007, where she set fire to the vehicle, killing them both. Fiona's experience is by no means unique. Indeed, stigma directed towards people with learning disabilities easily passes what Baroness Wolsey recently dubbed the dinner table test. The same can be said for mental health as well. After every dramatic case that reaches the headlines, there are predictable investigations to see how police and social services may have failed. Reports are written with recommendations for how to ensure it can never happen again. However, the question why people behave so awfully in the first place tends to be brushed aside. And it's clear that the unease that society as a whole has in this area is perhaps the elephant in the room. With me today is someone who I hope can share some light on these matters. Karen Machin is a campaigner in this field. She and her colleagues work to raise awareness about disability hate crime and how to report it. She also works with the Time to Change campaign, educating people about mental illness, and she's been involved in setting up the Role Network, which is open to anyone who has experienced or supported someone through these kinds of distress or mental health issues. Karen, welcome to Just Plain Sense. How did you come to work in this field? Um, I had my own personal experience of mental health problems. Um, I supported and cared for my partner who had his own issues, so that was 10 years of that. I also had my own problems. Um, that involved us losing jobs, we lost our home, um, we lost a lot of friends, and so basically my whole life sort of collapsed. To get out of that, I started volunteering within mental health organisations, um, so I did a lot of involvement, and from that volunteering, um, I slowly started to get little bits of work here and there, um, and haven't managed to leave it, <laughs> I've never managed to escape, um, so I continue. So yours is, is very much a personal-based experience? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, who are Time to Change? Okay, Time to Change is a, um, a programme across England, uh, funded by the Big Lottery and Comet Relief. It's a partnership between Mind and Rethink, who are the two big organisations in mental health in the country, um, and it's also evaluated by the Institute of Psychiatry in London. Um, it's a big project. Uh, it's been over four years, and this is the final year of the project. Um, it's a big portfolio with six national projects. Uh, there's one which is called Time to Get Moving, which is around physical health. There's big campaigns where you'll have seen the TV adverts. 
um, and the uh, the national press. There's also Open Up, which is ab- about um, people being active, people with mental health um, problems being active about challenging stigma and discrimination. So there's a big national project, and then there's little local projects as well. Uh, mental health problems are a lot more common than people imagine. Um, we say one in four. <laughs> Um, it's very common. Um, we say one in four people over their lifetime. Any time, at any time, it's usually about one in six. Lots of different statistics around. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I think mental health problems are a problem for all of us. We've not got problems ourselves. We usually know somebody else who's got them. Um, it affects lots of people in different ways as well, doesn't it? And a lot of people do... We call it self-stigmatise. People keep it to themselves and don't talk about it. So there's a lot of issues out there. Mm. And, and what about the role network? Where does that fit in? That was um, that came from a piece of work we were, uh, we were doing in the northwest. Um, there were a few of us in similar positions to myself with our own personal lived experience, and we um, were taken on to do a piece of work that was focusing on outcomes. It was about four or five years ago now. We were supported to do that work. We were doing it in partnership with teams from mental health or, um, trusts within the NHS. It was called the Rock and Roll Project. It's a good title. It was about the Routine Outcomes Collaborative, and we were the relating outcomes to lived experience. So we brought that lived experience to, to the work that the teams were doing and really did focus on outcomes that were important to us. We've just set up now, we've just changed that. So from being this informal group, we've now sort of set up to become a, a social enterprise to try to take that model out, out and sort of spread the word around, particularly around outcomes, which, you know, it was mentioned today, wasn't it, with the mental health strategy coming out, sort of outcomes just seem to be a key word at the moment. So I think we hit that right. <laughs> and yet outcomes, I think, is, is, is the key word. And I think that's perhaps a good thing in, 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 in the new government, if, if we can find any good things. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We think it's important that, think that services do make a change people and that's you know, where the outcome stuff comes in hard to measure but <laughs> yeah. can we can we take a step back and, and, and define what's the problem I mean is, is first off is is there a definition for what we've called disability hate crime um, hate crimes are crime any crime but where there's that additional um, motivation of hostility that is around somebody's a specific issue that someone's got like for example for the, the issue that I'm interested in is around mental health um, so disability hate crime is, is a, any crime that is sort of exaggerated in a way and, and caused by that hostility around someone's disability it's a bit more difficult when it comes down to mental health isn't it and for me there's also that overlap in that someone's mental health issue can be the cause or the root behind that hate crime that somebody's being bullied or being targeted because of their mental health issue but there's also that any hate crime whether that's because of race or any other kind of disability all the other equalities the impact of hate crime on those people causes a mental health problem so there's those two aspects to mental health and the involvement around hate crime yeah, I, I remember a few years ago speaking at the, the launch of a, the Northwest strategy in, in, in this area I mean how common is it Underreported, I think I'd say. <laughs> um, I'd, I'm not one for remembering statistics. I must admit that's one of my poor points. But particularly with mental health, it's underreported. We know that. We know that. I mean, I, I've got examples of people who have tried to report things to the police, not not been taken seriously, and that comes down. You know, even in if they're just trying to report crimes in the street, people with mental health issues aren't taken seriously. So I would imagine that any figures around. Um, hate crime that is targeted at people with mental health problems is completely underreported. We also know that people who've got mental health issues, 
if they are being targeted, I mean, I know examples of people who are getting eggs thrown at the windows, getting the door knocked and people running away, so that kind of, that kind of a targeting, people will report that to their care coordinator, their worker who's supporting them. So they report them to a worker rather than reporting it to a police because it's just seen as bullying, it's not seen as a crime, it's just seen as something that's, it's my fault, you know, I'm different so I'm targeted, it's not seen as a crime. So that step isn't taken. I guess that leads me into a question that's occurred to me while you've been speaking, which is that, you know, when those crimes, those, as you say, that we probably don't, when you, we see them, we don't think of them as crimes. When that bullying and harassment is taking place, other neighbours of those people are, are seeing that happen. You know, in Fiona Pilkington's case, her neighbours knew that, it was, that this was going on from the youths in their area. Some of them were the parents of those youths. You know, why is it? Is this a sort of conspiracy within society to feel that that's OK, that that's somehow acceptable? Is it that or is it that people think that people will be targeted themselves? You know, we can't stand up to these bullies. We just get on with it and turn the other way, don't we? But I think that is part of the reason why Time to Change is useful in that it's, it's speaking to people who might not necessarily have the mental health problem themselves. It's speaking to that wider community so that everybody understands that um, stigma and discrimination around mental health is unfair and it's not acceptable. Um, so raising the, raising the profile of that. Is the stigma different in any way from that which is perhaps borne by people with, with physical impairments? I think it is in a lot of ways because mental health issues are invisible. You can't see them. Um, I think if, if somebody's um, in a wheelchair is the obvious one, isn't it? I mean, we say if you've broken our leg or something, you can see it. And yes, that might lead to you being targeted because people can see it. But in some ways it becomes easier because you can see it yourself as well, can't you? It's, it's, more, it's more threatening, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I think when you've got a mental health problem, you're internalising so much blame yourself mm. that you feel like you're weak, you're pathetic, you're a loser. You know, there's all those sort of things that people do target themselves as well, that self-stigma. Mm. Um, that it becomes almost accepted for other people to be treating you that way. Is, is, is some of it driven by some of the perhaps myths that exist around mental illness as well? You mean... um, perhaps, yeah. You know, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of... People just don't understand it, do they? People think that people are dangerous. You know, if you read all the stuff in the papers, it's violent... Um, offensive phrases like calling people schizo or psycho that you know that somehow that's acceptable in a newspaper headline um, but it gives a certain feeling to how people react to people I, I guess Hollywood hasn't helped either is it no absolutely not <laughs> or the newspapers yeah um, and then also the stuff in the newspapers about you know benefit scroungers about you know how people should be getting back to work um, scrounging, living off the state, earning all this money and giving a completely different impression to the, to the day-to-day reality of actually living with depression or living with a mental health issue. Because there's still a, perhaps a lot of people thinking that with people with depression should just pull themselves back together. Exactly. Get a grip. Get a grip. But you know, that does nobody any good. It's, that's just not the reality of it. You wouldn't wish it on anybody. But is this something that the governments can tackle or is this a, a big society thing? You know, where, what is the solution or which direction does the solution lie? Oh, there's never any one solution to anything, is there? But it's great that um, in the strategy this morning, that was released, the mental health strategy that was released this morning, no health without mental health, um, there is a lot of support there for time to change. Um, because there is that acknowledgement of stigma and discrimination. It's one of the six um, features of it. And it's mentioned quite heavily in Time to Change just to get a lot of support. So hopefully that will then continue the project further on beyond the funding that's available from Comet Relief and the Big Lottery. Well, I mean, what can listeners do at a practical level? 
look at Time to Change, I'd say. Look at the website. Um, speak to people. Yeah, I think if you, if, we, if you look at the Time to Change website, there are um, lists, or pick up the leaflets, there are lists there of what people can do. And I think one of the main things is to talk to people, talk to your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody does... If somebody you know is starting to experience problems, speak to people. You know, that's not going to make it worse. Keep in touch with people um, and, and help people to talk about their problems. Okay. And where, be, where can people find out more? Should we do the website addresses? <laughs> um, timetochange.org.uk um, is the Time to Change website. So that's www.time-to-change.org.uk. And, and the role network? Um, that's Roll, www.roll, that's R-O-L-E, roll.org.uk. And I think we also mentioned Mind, which is www.mind.org.uk. And, of course, all those addresses are on the website as well. Um, I've been talking to writer Karen Machin, who works with various mental health charities. And that, as usual, brings us to the end of another episode of Just Plain Sense. If you'd like to hear more, then the place to go is our website, podcast.plain-sense.co.uk. You'll find all the web addresses we've talked about there. Take a look at the subscription options as well, so you'll never miss subsequent shows. Join us again soon for another programme on a topic relating to equality and diversity. For now, though, it's goodbye and thank you for listening. Just Plain Sense is a Plain Sense Limited production.